Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome back into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Studio B at the world headquarters of your favorite teams. I'm Sean Kelly, and happy Monday, everybody. You're going to get some cool weather coming up. Hallelujah. Um... Everybody was out doing the festival thing over the weekend, and it felt like summertime at all those festivals. And I'm sure glad that fall maybe, maybe, right around the corner. October football for the New Orleans Saints back around the corner here this week as they now prepare for the Detroit Lions. And we'll talk Saints football today with John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com and the NFL as well. Steve Weich from the NFL Network stops by to talk about all things NFL, including the NFC South Division, which seemingly now here on this Monday – is still up for grabs. The Falcons lose again yesterday. Carolina manages only a tie against Cincinnati. And here are the Saints uh, in pretty good, uh, in a pretty good place after a weekend off and a record of two and three heading into a road game at Detroit here coming up uh, on Sunday afternoon. Baseball-wise, things continue in the uh, championship series as the Royals, wow, 2-0 and in that series. We, we can't take a phone call or, you know, have a little – game or a prize giveaway but uh i'll certainly defy most anyone right now to name me a member of the kansas city royals ready go yeah i didn't think so well i think some of you probably do know you're astute fans of course daniel salerson is waving his hand but uh the royals could be in the world series before you know it and then of course we'll uh, know a lot more about the uh, kansas city baseball franchise on the national league side colton wong last night Walk-off home run, bottom of the ninth. Cardinals even that series 1-1, and game three will be tomorrow. Are you ready for this? First pitch at AT&T Park, local time in San Francisco tomorrow, is 11.30. How about that? That's a throwback. That's even past a throwback. At least way back in the day, uh, postseason baseball played during the day would at least start sometime, at least in the lunch hour, let alone here at 11.30 Pacific time. Uh, 1.30, of course, here in the central time zone on the nba front there is a couple of items worth noting kevin durant is out with a fractured foot um i looked at the schedule last night the pelicans play the thunder well they play the thunder of course on thursday 
in preseason play. That doesn't matter a whole lot. But as far as regular season goes, the Pelicans have the Thunder, I think, on December the 1st. That'll be cutting it close. They're saying Durant six to eight weeks out. That would be the six-week mark. Is it December 2nd? Yeah, oh, but I knew it's the first game of December. I do know that. Uh, six to eight weeks out for Durant. That would put him right about the 1st of December. So, yeah, we've seen that before. It seems like over the years, uh, significant player out long time with injury, first game back, boom, against the Hornets or Pelicans, you know, against the New Orleans franchise. Let's put it that way. Uh, so we'll see. We'll keep an eye on Kevin Durant, of course. There are a couple of other injuries around the NBA as well, and uh, so they're stacking up for some of the other teams. Meanwhile, Tyreek Evans is saying for the Pelicans that he could give it a go maybe as soon as Thursday in that preseason game against the Thunder. He would like to try and play at least two preseason games on his way back from a hamstring injury before the Pelicans open up on the 28th against Orlando. Two home games for the Pelicans this week in preseason action. Tomorrow night against the Houston Rockets, Thursday against the Thunder. Tickets are available for both games. And we'll check in with the Pelicans uh, today on the Black and Blue Report as Daniel visits with sharpshooter Luke Babbitt a little bit later on. So today's show includes Babbitt, DeShazer, and Weich. And we'll get into all of it with J.D. here in just a moment. Stay with us. Fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino, and hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. Here's all the country you could ask for. Don't miss award-winning singer and songwriter Easton Corbin live at Beau Rivage on Friday, October 17th. Roll with it and spend an evening with Easton Corbin. Visit BeauRivage.com for tickets. Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackie, Seven Wall Soldier, Drew Brees' disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Still to come, Luke Babbitt, of course, from the Pelicans, and Steve White from the NFL Network to help us uh, put a cap on another great weekend in the NFL. But as promised, John DeShazer, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, jumps in to the podcast with us. Uh, Well-rested, I'm sure, J.D., and probably happy that you haven't seen me in about four days. Well, you know, you get a bye week and you get a chance to, you know, players got away. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to get away, but at least um, I was able to sit down and not do anything. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take that over uh, over working any day of the week. No doubt. So back to work here. Uh, what is what is the bonus practice that we're hearing about with regard to the Saints? Well, basically, it's just an extra practice. I mean, they had basically all last week off. So this is a chance for the players to get back in, get their legs under them. I'm sure they have a Detroit game plan already installed, so you get an extra day of work on it because you got an extra day of uh, an extra day of the week. Or they can go through more self-evaluation. I'm sure they did a whole lot of that last week, so to get them back on the field, this might be a day where they can go over some of the corrections, correcting some of the errors that they've been making over the first five games. Either or, it's just an extra practice. And then Wednesday, we know it's a heavy, heavy lifting day. 
in terms of game planning for Detroit. So this might be another self-evaluation day, but it does get the players back, gets them an opportunity to get their legs back under them, see where the injuries are progressing from here, and get a good look at them. All right, so storylines as they go back to work and now prepare for a pretty good Detroit Lions team, John. Well, I mean, I think certainly uh, defensively the Saints are going to have to shore it up a little bit. Uh, We've seen that in the first five games, and we've seen some performances in those five games, uh, specifically against Tampa Bay in terms of yards uh, allowed and against Minnesota. We've seen where these guys can hold opponents, and Cleveland, where they can hold opponents in the 300-yard range and they can get a decent uh, conversion rate defensively on third down. And when they've done that, they've given themselves a good opportunity to win. It's when they've allowed the explosive plays and they hadn't, you know, played well against the runner. They had the uh, communications errors and those kinds of things. That's where it's really been, been, been falling apart. And so, you know, I would imagine, you know, against Detroit, especially on the road, communicating defensively, if especially if Calvin Johnson is going to play in this game, but we don't know if he is or not. He's nursing that high ankle sprain. They wanted to hold him out of the game, see how he works. But if Megatron is in this game, then it puts a, another level of distress on your defense. So. You know, you want to see how they perform defensively and offensively. For the most part, numbers-wise, the Saints have looked pretty good offensively. If you look at the numbers across the board, they're first in the league in, in yards per game. They're first in, in yards per rush. Uh, they're top 10 in first downs per game. They're top 10 in scoring. And, and all the good numbers that you want to see, top 10 in rushing and, and, and passing and, and all those things, So and, and conversion rate on third down. What you want to see happen for the Saints, obviously, is a cut down on the turnovers. That's 10 turnovers this season in five games. Nine of those turnovers committed offensively, one on the on the kickoff return against Cleveland at the end of the game. We'll throw, throw that one out of the window. But that's nine turnovers by this offense, including six interceptions thrown by Drew Brees. Those are numbers that are alarming, and those numbers have to be sliced down. We know that when the Saints don't turn over the football, they win the game. When they keep it in the one range or if they keep the turnover margin at least even, they're in good shape. But when they're minus in the turnover ratio, that's when they get into trouble. And that happens a lot on the road. You know, it's a lot more difficult to play on the road in the NFL than it is at home, obviously. So they've got to nurse and be mindful of that turnover ratio. And they go to Detroit and hopefully they can hold on to the football and and future road games and home games for that matter. Hold on to the football. You give yourself a much better chance of winning the football game. So defensively, I think we got to watch that, and we certainly have to watch that turnover ratio because it's getting a little bit alarming. Speaking of alarming, the Detroit Lions defense is sacking quarterbacks at an alarming rate. Are you surprised in any way with what Detroit's done defensively, and how does that play into what the Saints must prepare for this week? Well, not really. I mean, they, they've rushed the quarterbacks and given, them, and given them heck the last few years, even when Jim Schwartz was there, the recently fired coach who is now, I think, in Buffalo. But when he was there, you know, their problem was a lack of discipline. It wasn't getting to the quarterback. It was getting to the quarterback and hitting him late or corkscrewing cork him into the ground and those kinds of things, getting those, those silly penalties. So they, with Indomitian Sue and Nick Fairley, they get to the quarterback. That's going to be a huge, huge burden for the Saints because now all of a sudden maybe you're talking about keeping in a running back as opposed to leaving him out in the the pattern because he might have to chip somebody. Or you're going to have to have a little bit extra help with your tight ends maybe, and maybe they can't get out in the pattern. And so we'll have to see how that works out for the Saints because Detroit, we know, is going to get to the quarterback. And even if they don't sack him, they're going to hit him. So it's a a matter of what kind of duress they can place Drew Brees under. They can place them under a great amount of duress. Well, as a defense, that's exactly what you want. You want to hurry the quarterback, even if you don't sack him. 
You want to throw his timing off, make him get the ball out of his hands a little bit sooner than he wants, or make him get it out of his hand a little bit later than he wants, or make him have to throw it when he's off balance, or all those things. Are that play, they, those are the things that play into turnovers, and that's what the Saints have to avoid. John DeShazer with us here from NewOrleansSaints.com on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, J.D., as usual, and unfortunately, injuries are going to be a major storyline this week. You already mentioned Megatron, Calvin Johnson, and his status. Reggie Bush also is a question mark, at least going into the week. And on the Saints side, you know, of course, we're not going to hear anything from the Saints themselves until that injury uh, list comes out on Wednesday afternoon. But the NFL Network is reporting uh, from the mouth of Mark Ingram that he's going to try and come back for this week's game. And the NFL Network also reporting that it's a sprained shoulder for Jimmy Graham and could be out two to three weeks. So with that being said, who has the greater impact injury-wise this week if you look at this matchup? Well, I mean, if if if, if Megatron can't play and if, if, for instance, Jimmy Graham can't play, then that's almost a wash. I mean, you take away both teams' biggest and best receiving threats. Uh, again, you, as you mentioned, we'll find a little bit more about Jimmy as the week progresses, but we know he injured that shoulder in the last game against Tampa Bay, and it didn't look good because he wasn't able to return to the game. Jonathan Goodwin also got injured in that game, the center, but Jonathan said he could have played you know, this Sunday that just passed if need be, so certainly he should be in better shape. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about Reggie Bush, but we do know that Mark Ingram has been out of his cash for a couple of weeks now, and we figured he'd probably be back along this timeline so having him back in that rushing game can only help, even though they really haven't haven't suffered a lot without him with Kyrie Robinson and Pierre Thomas. But having him back in the rotation obviously helps. It gives you a fresh set of legs and a guy who was off to the best start in his career. So you like to believe, especially if Mark Ingram come back, comes back, if you go on the road in the NFL, a lot of times, you know, you can control the game, control the clock with a good ground game, especially against a team that wants to rush the passes the way Detroit does. And we know now that the Saints have the type of running game, we believe, that should be able to travel well, and it should translate on the road. And that could be crucial when you go on the road talking about winning a game on the road in hostile territory. All right, J.D., before we wrap up here, as far as coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com and the uh, Saints mobile app, uh, I know that fans kind of took a little bit of a break there, but what what should they look for in the in the coming days here? Well, I mean, we'll get back into the routine, so the Saints will get back to their preparations, and, and more than anything, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the injury report with Jimmy Graham and with Mike Ingram to see, you know, how those guys stack up and whether or not they'll be able to go against Detroit and keeping an eye on the Calvin Johnson situation in Detroit. We know, again, that the, that the Lions – have not played great all season, but we know that, you know, they've been able to rise up in a couple of games and really smack down some people. And, and most teams are better at home. We also know that the Saints have not fared well at home dating back to last season. So they've got to get off that schneid. You know, you can win all the home games you want to, but if you can't win on the road, you're not going to be able to hardly win the division because you're going to end up being an eight and eight team at best. So you've got to figure out a way to get that recipe to win on the road, and it's something that the Saints have been close to doing. You know, they were close to winning in Cleveland, and they were close to winning in Atlanta, but you've got to be able to climb over that hump, and a lot of that has to do with, with the with the turnover ratio, and they've emphasized that, you know, week after week after week, you know, not committing turnovers and forcing turnovers. They've got to get into a situation at some point in time, you would think. The law of averages says they've got to force some turnovers. It hasn't happened yet this season. They've only forced two. They've got to get into a situation where they've got to get the ball back for the offense because even though the offense is probably getting about you know, nine, ten possessions per game, you like to up that even more to maybe 11, 12, 
give Drew Brees and that offense more opportunities to get points on the board. They've shown when they get the football, they're doing a decent job of scoring, but you want to give them even more chances to score, especially on the road. That's John DeShazer. We keep him on the hop this time of year. Uh, J.D., you ready for your first basketball broadcast tomorrow night, too? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to be running around. It's going to be like the first day of school. You know, you don't know people's names and, and all that kind of stuff. And you need, I need some players to wear a my name is tag for me. Or, or something like that because, uh, you know, I've, unfortunately, and I have seen them practice a couple of times, and, um, you know, so I'm not totally unfamiliar with these guys. And at least we got, you know, the Anthony Davises and the Eric Gordons and the Drew Holidays and Ryan Anderson's back, so, you know, I can fall back on those guys. But when we dig a little bit deeper, uh, yeah, I need to do a little background work on some of these <laughs> other guys so I can have something to say. Sometimes it's the shirt that you wear that tells you what you're doing that day. John, I look forward to tomorrow night, and, of course, the Saints getting back to work this week as well. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. We had another game in a while, so I'm looking forward to getting back on the horse. All right, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Smoothie King Center. By the way, you can come on out and check the game out in person. Otherwise, it'll be on the radio for you on the Pelicans Radio Network as J.D. and I will have the call for you of the whole thing, the whole thing against the Rockets tomorrow night. Steve White from the NFL Network in just a moment. We'll ask him about all that happened in the NFL over the weekend and about the NFC South, which is seemingly still up for grabs. Back in a moment. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. St. Louis Rams, San Francisco 49ers tonight on Monday Night Football. And, of course, uh, from the NFL Network, we get him back here on this Monday. Steve Weich joins us here to help us uh, break all the things down that happened yesterday and maybe offer a thought about where we are now at this point in the NFL season. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. And uh, it was another entertaining weekend to say the least except for the sunday night game in the nfl um give me give me your best give me your worst from what you saw yesterday oh wow well the worst you know i, I i've got to go to the nfc south and, and ask myself what's going on in tampa bay i mean they've gotten taken apart a few times this year and i, I don't see it getting any better down there and, and you know you heard lovey smith come out and say hey we've got some bad habits starting to form Hey, we're six, we're six weeks in, and so I don't I don't know what's going on with the Buccaneers. They should be better, um, but for them to lose the way they're losing to to me is, is is problematic. The best, you know, I was at I was at the Cowboys Seahawks game, so I'm I'm going to go there because for Dallas, you know, I've seen them four times this year, and the way that they play with the physicality, they play with discipline, 
and they haven't really tried to overreach, and they make big plays when they have to, to take that up to Seattle and win the way it did. Again, by counterpunching. You know, they, they, they had so many things that went wrong, the blocked punt, the fumbled punt, the, the bad snap, and they, they answered. They answered. And to win in that environment against that team, I am thoroughly impressed with the Dallas Cowboys right now. I mean, they are... You know, we can say, you know, we don't know if it's going to be the case at the end of the season, but at this moment, that that's the team to beat in the NFL. The team to beat at 5-1, and one. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, you, you kind of led to what my next two questions were, and that was, number one, are the Cowboys for real? I think that you've answered that question. Um, and seemingly, Steve, uh, you were there in person. I felt like the Cowboys beat the Seahawks at their own game, in their own ballpark. And I'm assuming by saying that you're meaning by being tough by running the ball, and just by, by simply playing stout defense. And, and that's why I think they're the team to beat. When you look at the three best teams in the NFC last year, which I think last season we all would agree, that even though Seattle really tore apart Denver in the Super Bowl, I think we all would believe that San Francisco could have and Carolina could have because of the way they played. Defense, running the ball, quarterback, not making mistakes. Well, that's what Dallas is doing right now. And that offensive line is better than any of those offensive lines. Um, what they did when they by wearing down Seattle by running the ball, by not getting too crazy, you know, in the passing game, trying to get too cute. I mean, their passing routes were fantastic on third down. They were converting on a ton of underneath stuff, which were basically runs. You know, they'll throw a five or an eight-yard underneath route when all the other receivers are running downfield deep, and they were getting 13 and 14 yards on third down, making these conversions. You know, they won first down. Um, they just looked like a team that a game plan for Seattle was, was spectacular. I will say that. But, again, the way they're playing right now are the same attributes we gave to the best teams in the NFL last season outside of Denver. And I don't know, can they keep it up? I, I don't know. We'll see. But at the moment, you know, they're, they're playing using the formula that has, that has worked, you know, but we saw it work last year. They've got the Giants this weekend. We'll see how we'll see how that goes after the way that the Giants looked last night. Steve White from the NFL Network with us here. And Steve, you touched upon the NFC South. They're right off the top, and I did want to ask you about that because the Falcons looked terrible yesterday. They're now two and four. Carolina manages a tie with Cincinnati. Steve, the Saints have to be sitting there thinking, "Hey, the division's completely up for grabs here at this point. Um, why not? And and what is up with the NFC South in your eyes?" I agree. The Saints have got to be sitting there like, okay, guys, the door's open for us to make a move. It's time to fix what we need to fix and, and make a move. Carolina, I think, is still going to be there. You know, they've got to get healthier. But, you know, they, they do need to tighten up their defense. I mean, the Panthers' defense is not what it was, and it's not just because of Greg Hardy not being there. They, they're not playing like they played last season because um, they're having to stay on the field an awful lot because their offense isn't helping them out nearly as much. But the NFC South, to me, what's going on with Atlanta is no surprise. You know, everybody who may have gotten excited from the hard knocks bounce from seeing all these encouraging stories and whatnot, I'm like, yeah, there were great stories, but who, who are their linebackers? You know, who, where are they going to get a pass rush? Where, you know, who are their DBs? And it's the same problems that have plagued them now for two seasons, which is why I think you're going to hear a lot of talk about some possible turnover with the head coach and GM next year because the issues that have plagued them are similar issues. There's been no change. And they keep thinking that because they've got Julio Jones and, and Roddy White and Matt Ryan that they're going to be able to still score enough 
to beat other teams, and it's not working because of the issues on the offensive line. So Atlanta, again, I, I don't see them as a playoff team. I didn't see them as a playoff team coming into the season. And what's, what's going on in Tampa Bay, I, I don't know. When they when they got rid of half their roster this offseason, I, I was wondering why they got rid of so many good players. Um, maybe, again, they wanted that culture change and whatnot, but so far the culture change has gone from bad to worse. Interesting. Um, most significant injury right now on an NFL roster, um, who would you say? Oh, man, this, this, is, this is so hard because there's so many uh, key injuries. I mean, see in New England, you know, they're talking about Gerard Mayo and Stephen Ridley uh, going out right now. I mean, we're talking about season-ending injuries, I, I'm assuming. It's difficult because, you know, you, you don't know the depth of some guys. I think, I think Ridley and Mayo are huge uh, for New England, you know, we saw Victor Cruz last night. That's going to change a lot. Not so much of what the Giants do, but how teams play the Giants. Mm-hmm. Because you know, Victor Cruz draws a lot of double teams. Now teams are just going to stack the box and say, okay, we dare you to beat us deep with any of these other guys. And until you do. So, you know, there, there are, you know, a, a lot of them out there right now. It's hard to say what's the most significant one, though. I would say that I had I, I did not have a an interest in tonight's football game to wrap up the weekend, but strangely I am intrigued by two things. Number one, do the Rams now have a quarterback in Austin Davis? And number two, if the Rams are one and three and a good game by Davis, if they somehow take care of the 40, 49ers tonight, that would drop San Francisco to three and three, and I can't help but think that they'd be on a full full on spiral heading to the ground here. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, I wouldn't say they'd be a, a full-on spiral because they have kind of gotten themselves a bit on track the past couple of weeks. But to your point about St. Louis, this is my question about the Rams. The problems with them don't seem to be a quarterback. We all thought, you know, hey, they lose Sam Bradford, their season's over. This kid stepped in and played lights out. I mean, he had a great game against Tampa. I think he's had three games of more than 300 yards, so it's not the passing game. You know, with Chris Long out, Team to slide protection to Robert Quinn, but they've had no plays on defense. And that's that's where they put their money. That's where they put a ton of these draft picks that they got in the Robert Griffin trade. And where are the ballers? You know, where are the guys who are supposed to step up and play like every other team in that division on defense? And you know, this you know, that's my big question with the Rams. They can't run the ball, this and that, but They've got the components to be better than what they're playing. Maybe they show them tonight. They always play the 49ers tough. There's some bad blood right there. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. Divisional games, you know, teams play each other better. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is a, if this is a highly competitive game. But I, I want to see if the Rams can turn the corner because I, I don't want to hear any more of their issues because they lost Sam Bradford. This kid's playing lights out. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. No doubt. Hey, Steve, what will, what will the NFL Network have you primarily focused on this week, and have you selected a game that you want to go to in person this coming weekend? Well, I don't get to select. They <laughs> tell me. I, I thought, well, you're kind, of but, a big, but, you're kind of a big deal, so I thought maybe you'd get to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have that much juice, but right now I am slated to go to the uh, Seattle at Rams game Sunday, and then after that I'm going to head over to London uh, for the Falcons-Lions game. Um, but the, everything could change. I mean, it, it just goes week to week. You, you really don't, uh, you really don't know. But the main focus, I think, this week we're going to be, you know, it's just, it, it's the media, the, the the media markets, you know, the the stuff that moves the meter. I mean, Dallas playing well is going to move the meter. Philadelphia being where it is is going to move the meter. 
And then on Thursday Night Football, which we partner with CBS and NFL Network, we have the Patriots and Jets. So you're going to hear a tremendous amount of, of talk in that regard. Two massive markets there, and the Patriots are winners yesterday. And and uh, you mentioned the entries to the Patriots, and then you and I have talked in the past about what Brady's got to work with, and here they sit at 4-2. and two. How about that? They've, uh, they've got that Patriot way thing that kind of works. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. Hey, Steve, as always, I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your Monday as you gear up for a sounds like a pretty good uh, two-week swing there through uh, through the Midwest and then off to London. So uh, that could be a that could be a heck of a trip. I would hope so. Yes. Thanks again, Steve White from the NFL Network here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, we'll turn it over to basketball here in just a second. Luke Babbitt, of course, uh, as our guest with Daniel Salerson in just a moment. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Luke Babbitt, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Let's turn our attention to basketball as the Pelicans continue their preseason play tomorrow night against the Houston Rockets. Complete coverage on the Pelicans radio network tomorrow night starting at 7 o'clock Central. As we mentioned earlier, John will be with me on the broadcast. So will Daniel Salerson, and it was Daniel who caught up with Luke Babbitt just the other day. As a matter of fact, going into the weekend as the Pelicans were getting set to have a full weekend of work. Babbitt, of course, is heavily involved in the small forward playing minutes battle. Whether that'll be as a starter or a backup or the second backup, nothing at this point is actually for sure in any way, shape, or form for head coach Monty Williams. Nonetheless, Babbitt has shown some good things here so far in the preseason. And here now is the visit between Luke Babbitt and Daniel Salerson. All right, thanks, Sean. So, Luke, through three games in the preseason, how do you think the team's doing so far? Uh, we're doing okay. Uh, some good, some bad. Um, I think that's always going to be the case early on in the preseason. There's going to be some rust, um, some things that we need to correct. I think for me personally, that's been the case. Uh, some positives that I can take away, but also uh, a lot to improve on. What is the biggest thing Monty is trying to emphasize to you guys during training camp in these preseason games? Um, well, there's a lot. I mean, we're picking up an, uh, you know, a big uh, system, a lot of plays, so that's important. Um, he wants us to be you know, sharp mentally, uh, picking up those plays, because uh, that's going to uh, be huge for us this year is our execution. Um, but then also just competing you know, uh, defensively, um, really getting after teams. Um, that's, you know, that's his uh, brand of basketball, and that's, that's what wins games, obviously, in the NBA, so we need to, to defend. What about you? What did you work on mostly during the offseason? I worked on a lot. Um, you know, I really didn't uh, limit it. I wanted to work on everything. Um, physically, I tried to get 
uh, bigger, stronger, faster. So that's always uh, a goal of mine. I worked on that a lot and then just uh, refining my game offensively and, uh, you know, being able to hit hit shots and um, create shots and uh, make plays off the dribble. Are those the type of things you're still focusing on in camp or is there other things you're still you're trying to work on right now individually? Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's what I do is is bring an offensive um, element to, to the team shooting the basketball is is uh, my strength so that's something I need to do well um, and I think I have uh, up to this point um, just need to be a little bit more uh, consistent but uh, defensively is where the you know the emphasis has been in camp uh, with coach Williams and, and the entire coaching staff you know getting after us we need to, to defend as a team and as a team concept you know it's not just individually locking guys up one-on-one it's got to be a team system um, we all got to help each other out. Now, even though a lot of the core guys are back, there's a, a new group of guys. And with all the injuries from last year, does it feel like you all are trying to get into a rhythm with each other and as far as building the chemistry through this training camp? Yeah, no, that's huge. Um, a lot of new pieces, a lot of pieces coming back from injury. So it's not going to happen instantly. You know, we have a great player in Anthony Davis, and um, we're all fortunate to be able to uh, you know, build around him and, and make plays around him. He's going to draw a lot of attention. So... Uh, just the chemistry of uh, getting to know each other offensively and defensively, uh, that's that's a process that really is going to, you know, develop over months and not, you know, instantly. And, and that's something that we're working towards. One of those new pieces is Omer Oshik. What do you think of him so far? Yeah, he's he's a really nice guy. He um, you can tell he's just a hard worker, um, goes about his business and, and he plays, um, you know, really physical, really tough inside. And that's something that is really nice to have uh, if you've got a guy if I'm defending out on the wing and I know that he's back there cleaning things up and uh, protecting the rim as you know especially with Anthony Davis back there too uh, that that helps us guards out um, we can be more aggressive uh, so having him back there rebounding and and playing physical and uh, protecting the rim is huge last question you have four preseason games left what do you and the team want to accomplish in those four games uh, just just building, you know, we uh, I think we did some really good things in the Miami game. Um, you know, it's not always about wins and losses, as coach says in the preseason. But, you know, we need to continue to do those good things that we did in, in Miami. We did it a little bit against Washington. Um, we had some stretches, but um, we need to be more consistent. So um, it's not all about the wins and losses at this point, but we need to uh, to build on some of the good things that we've done um, offensively and defensively. That's Luke Babbitt on the Black and Blue Report. Sean, back to you. Pelicans and Rockets tomorrow night, and we're back to wrap up the Black and Blue Report in just a moment. Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com. 
The New Orleans Pelicans are taking flight, and you don't want to miss any of the action. The Pelicans' five-game flex plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket plans are the only way to guarantee seats to the biggest games, including the matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Five-game packages start as low as $45. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your five-game plan today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Saints running back Pierre Thomas and uh, punter Thomas Morstead on what appears to be a great fundraiser yesterday at Fulton Alley. The Black and Gold Bowl, by all accounts, is a resounding success. And that, of course, benefits uh, their foundations and the fine work that they do. Thanks to all those who turned out for that fun evening uh, yesterday uh, just off Fulton Street in New Orleans. All right, Pelicans basketball tomorrow night. We've been talking about that all throughout the show. Of course, that's a 7 o'clock tip-off. Tickets are available if you want to get your first look in person at the Pelicans this preseason. They will take on the Houston Rockets. Uh, not sure yet on whether or not Dwight Howard's going to go for the Rockets. He was resting sore knees and so was hoping to be back in action on Tuesday. So we'll see if that means he's going to practice Tuesday in the morning and then not play. All that remains to be seen. Some of that might be cleared up by one of our guests on tomorrow's show. He'll be the voice of the Houston Rockets on radio. That's Craig Ackerman. We'll also check in with the Detroit Lions camp tomorrow, and we'll take you into Pelicans' shoot-around as well. That's all yours on the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Thanks to Steve White from the NFL Network today. John DeShazer, of course, from NewOrleansSaints.com. Daniel Salerson and Luke Babbitt, too. Hope you have a great rest of your Monday. Dodge those raindrops and enjoy the cool weather right behind it. That'll do it for us here from Studio B. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.